Hello and welcome back to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. Uh, hope you enjoyed a break from us from last week. <laughs> uh, the reason for that, um, or no, two, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks break. We took a break before last week's episode, then we took a break after last week's episode. By the time you hear this, first of all, we should be back onto our regular release schedule. Second of all, I would have moved into my new place, which is why everything was kind of wonky. Yay! And all my podcasts were in weird limbo. It's fine. You're all grown up now. You have a home. I'm all grown up. Hopefully by the time you're hearing this, my internet has shown up as well. Yes, that is important. Because I wasn't able to uh, get it installed until like four days after I move in. Ah. But sometimes Haskell will surprise you and just be like, Hey, we got a spot open. We're coming over. Knowing my luck, it's going to be right in the middle of one of my shifts. Like, yeah, I can't exactly uh, get over there. (laughs) Alright, so this week, by popular demand of people's choice, which has also been kind of shuffled around because of the scheduling walk, um, this week we're talking about passions. Lindsay, do you know what passions is? A supernatural soap opera that I read about on TV Tropes? Uh, pretty much, yes. Passions is an American television soap opera that originally aired on NBC from 1999 to 2007, and then on DirecTV from 2007 to 2008. <laughs> no one likes to acknowledge the DirecTV season, it seems like, uh, for anything that has ever ended up being a DirecTV thing. Huh. What else aired on DirecTV? I think, I think fr- uh, Friday Night Lights did its last two seasons on DirecTV. Maybe. Friday Night Lights actually a good show. Go watch it. <laughs> the first episode will really surprise you. Yeah, yeah, DirecTV did Friday Night Lights. Although I guess the la- people actually liked the last seasons of Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Again, it was good. Oh, it also had damages. Huh. I guess people liked it. Okay, never mind. So I guess it's just it was just Passions that died a slow death on DirecTV. Yeah. Unlike Friday Night Lights, which got a fucking Peabody Award. Yeah. <laughs> well, Friday, uh, Passions had awards, too. What sort of awards? Exactly the awards you would expect. Uh, daytime Emmys, Hollywood ah. makeup and hairstyle, NAACP, mm-hmm. uh, American Latino Media Arts, GLAAD Award, somehow. Okay. Uh, when we get into the, the gay stuff, I'm not sure how they managed to swing that. Although I think that award came out before the biggest bullshit. <laughs> ah. So Passions is a show that I've never watched. The reason I know about Passions is because it was a running gag in Buffy the Vampire Slayer that Spike, you know, the big bad British vampire, he would always watch Passions. (laughs) There was an episode where Buffy's family was being targeted, and so she takes her mom, Joyce, and her little sister, Dawn, to Spike's crypt because she knows that he'll protect them at least. And he's like, don't touch anything, and keep it down, because Passions is on. And then him and Joyce just start gossiping about Passions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, Passions is a trip. I, I have not watched a single episode of Passions, but I saw a few clips on YouTube, and I did a cursory um, glance at several Wikipedia pages, which I think is all my brain could handle before self-immolating. Also, like just, just because of my moving, I'm in the process of moving as we record this, so yes. I need a very no-thoughts-head-empty topic. Yes. I don't know if this counts. Um, well, soap operas have a, do have a tendency of writing themselves, and it seems like this just like, hey, let's throw in everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continuing our theme of why the fuck not. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Passions follows the lives, loves, and various romantic and paranormal adventures of the residents of Harmony. Uh, I don't know where Harmony is, but it's a town. Uh, Storyline center on the interactions among members of its multiracial core families. The African-American Russells, the White Cranes and Bennets, the half-Mexican-Irish Lopez Fitzgeralds, and it also features supernatural elements, which focus mainly on town witch Tabitha Lennox and her doll-come-to-life Timmy. Yeah. Uh, let's see, some backstory. Um, it was created by, what's his name, James E. Riley. Uh, who had been credited for a large surge in the ratings of Days of Our Lives years before, thanks to an innovative storylines, like heroine Dr. Marlena Evans being possessed by Satan. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so Days of My Lives was my mom's soap opera, and I distinctly remember there was a princess subline involving a girl named Gina, and she was somehow connected to Stefano, who was, like, the big bad of <laughs> of Days. Okay. Yeah, it was weird. My mom's soap opera was All My Children, or All mm-hmm. My Kids, as we like to call it, and yes. it stayed pretty standard. Um, mm-hmm. There was some stuff that was, like, a little woo-woo, but not explicitly supernatural, like, uh, I think it was Erica Kane got an abortion in an early episode, and then later it turned out that an evil doctor had stolen the fetus and reinserted it into another person, and the child was born. Which is like, that's not, that's not how that works. And then in like the last year of airing, because it it uh, was finishing up as like we, my family had just moved to Regina, and I'd watch it with my mom before she got a job. In this last year of airing. They had a mad scientist guy, like, resurrecting everyone with Project Orpheus, and so literally every character that had died over the course of the series was com- coming back. And not even as a zombie, they are just like, I'm alive again! Isn't that wild? Let's make out. <laughs> Goddamn. I love soaps. <laughs> but yeah, Passions gave Riley a blank slate where he could just do bullshit right from the start instead of having to force it into previously pretty standard soap operas. Mm-hmm. In the early days of the show, Passion's heroine Sheridan Crane is identified as a close friend of Diana, Princess of Wales. Yeah. Who later becomes her guardian angel. Ugh. Can we not have that? Yeah, no, we're not. Uh, honestly, we're barely even going to look at Sheridan Crane. Sheridan Crane, in my opinion, in my cursory research, she's the least interesting person on this show. Okay. Um, for much of the first three or four years of the series, supernatural elements such as witches, warlocks, and closet doors leading to hell are major plot points. Many surrounding the machinations of the centuries-old witch Tabitha Lennox and her doll-brought-to-life sidekick Timmy. Her diary was eventually published as Hidden Passions, a real-life tie-in novelization. Joy. And there was a storyline involving Tabitha and Timmy going on a book tour. Um, in 2003, Passion submitted an orangutan named Bam Bam, who had been portraying the recurring role of Precious, for a Daytime Emmy Award. Okay. Precious was the non-speaking live-in nursing caregiver for elderly Edna Wallace, and held unrequited love for Louise Lopez Fitzgerald, which was depicted in elaborate fantasy sequences. In early 2004, the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, which administers the awards, disallowed the entry, saying that, you know, animals don't know that they're acting, basically. Mm-hmm. In the summer of 2005, prominent character Simone Russell came out as gay. Passions made daytime history by being the first serial to show two women, Simone and love interest Ray Thomas, in Babe Making Love. Uh, they don't mention this, but also Simone is African-American too, so that's like double points. Um, and then in 2007, it was revealed that longtime hero Chad Harris Crane was cheating on his wife with another man. And then that person turned out to be uh, a guy named Vincent, who was like Chad's half-uncle, um, and also intersex. And became pregnant with his own father's son, and also had a split personality that was a woman. And Vincent is a fucking mess. But I have an idea that's very stupid, but fun so proper stupid, and not horribly transphobic stupid. (laughs) I'm just gonna say that was some of the most V.C. Andrews shit I have heard in a long-ass time. (laughs) Oh, also, uh, Vincent is played by Philip Jean-Marie, who has also most notably played Max the Blue Ranger from Power Rangers Wild Force. Okay. So yeah, he's not a kid anymore. He's now pregnant with his own father's son. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And eventually reruns started airing on the Sci-Fi channel. Anyways. (laughs) Because of course they did. Yeah. Um, Passions featured many uh, recurring themes, including pop culture homages, um, the biggest one being the implication that Tabitha is somehow um, Tabitha Stevens, daughter of Samantha and Darren from Bewitched. Oh! Huh. Even though she's, she's centuries years old, but she does say that her parents were Samantha and Darren, and that her grandmother was named Endora, and also actual Dr. Bombay does show up. I mean, time travel could be involved. I don't think, I think the two things that Passions didn't do were time travel and aliens. And I say I think because I did not look too hard into this. They did once go to Oz. There was once an episode where they just went to Oz. Because why the fuck not? There was, I, I, (laughs) 
One of the clips I saw is a girl, like, in the middle of uh, giving birth in, I don't know, a cabin in the woods or something, and then, like, in the middle of her labor pains, that just, like, cuts to her and the two people helping her doing, like, a dance and a song and dance number to the, the TV show's theme song. Huh. And then it cuts back to her, back to the labor pains, and she's like, I'm losing my mind! Uh, okay, I haven't seen anything else about Passions 2, but, like, Tabitha's giving me strong Agatha Harkness vibes, so... Oh, yes, I I would like her to be played by Catherine Hahn, if given the option. Yes. Agatha all along. Yep. Uh, they also made extended uses of dream sequences, flashbacks, and visions, psychic visions, premonitions of the future, uh, and sometimes these would start with no warning. Okay. Um, there was a long-time concept of fate and destined couples that were usually uh, signified by Tabitha trying to break them up. Uh, the main one, and one that we will be looking at, are Charity and Miguel, uh, because there's a prophecy that if Charity ever consummates her love with Miguel, then she will unlock her full powers as the beacon of hope and goodness of the entire world, and the unle basically unleash a Power Rangers in space Z-Wave that will destroy all evil, including Tabitha. Which is why Tabitha is trying to corrupt Charity with the forces of darkness, because she uh, has made a deal with, quote-unquote, the boys in the basement. How is this not a comic book series? It has literally been described- some of the villains have been described as Silver Age comic villains. Yeah! Um, they also had summertime extravaganzas. Of course. Which presented large, wild storylines for the summer, and often took place outside of Harmony. In 1999, there was a carnival that came to town. In 2000, saw the prom boat disaster at Warlock Island. And in 2001, there was the failed double wedding of popular couples Lewis and Sheridan and Ethan and Teresa, and their subsequent journey to Bermuda, where Sheridan apparently perished in a boat explosion, and Teresa wound up to Ethan's stepfather. Okay. In 2002, Julian and Timmy set out on a journey to the magical land of Oz as Teresa was executed for Julian's murder. In 2003, saw several characters travel to Los Angeles for the summer, while in 2004, Lewis and Sheridan traveled to Puerto Arena, Mexico, to retrieve his younger sister, Paloma, and ended up finding his missing father, Martin, and her, their dead mother, Catherine. In 2005, there was a deadly earthquake and tsunami which destroyed much of Harmony and resulted in the death of James' mother, Maureen. And in 2006, the, saw the extravagant Passions Vendetta plot, in which Alistair Crane lured several people to Rome, where he planned to take over the world with a chalice stolen from the Pope's private changers. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was some stuff after that, but I don't want to go into too much detail because, again, it was just the really, really bad Vincent-slash-Valerie plot. Um, also, apparently 2007 was dubbed the Year of the Rapes because this show is infamous, was just using sexual assault as a button for drama repeatedly on a lot of characters. Mm. And they, they did, it to, did it to men, too. Which, on the one hand, okay, at least you're acknowledging that it's not just something that happens to women, but also, holy shit, stop it. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. And also, there were two cases where characters die, or the actors playing characters died the same time that an episode showing the character dying was aired. So Josh Ryan Evans, who played Tabitha's doll psychic Timmy, he died during surgery the day that Timmy died, and Timmy was planned to come back as an angel, and then that never happened, obviously. And so the only coda was, like, near the end, they used footage of stuff that they had filmed so that Timmy could encourage Tabitha to join the side of good. And she does so um, because, I guess, Valerie poisoned everyone using poison guacamole, or maybe that was the poison quiche. Um, and everyone died, and so Tabitha sacrifices her witch powers and becomes a born-again Christian in order to resurrect everyone. Ew. We're not doing that. Yeah. We, might, we might have a poison quiche, but <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I mean, if Once Upon a Time can have the poison apple turnover, we can have a poison quiche. I mean, at least the poison apple turnover makes sense. <laughs> but yeah. then there's there's a scene where uh, Charity, while she's uh, wearing the dark pendant that made her evil, she's in the garden, she's like, with her voice pitched down, I'm picking mushrooms to make Miguel his favorite quiche. He won't know that it's been poisoned and he will die, just corrupting Charity into the forces of darkness. <laughs> Once again, Silver Age comics meets, like, 1980s cartoon villains. Yep. <laughs> so, like 
um, other soap opera movies that like Dark Shadows, which we will be talking about soon, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it it, it will have its day. Um, I am choosing to focus on like a small specific group of characters. Yeah. Because Dark Shadows only focus really on the Collins family, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I'm still going to have like the families there. When when I originally envisioned this, I was going to do just a movie, but there's so much that I feel like I need to expand this into like a miniseries. This is like a five-episode miniseries on Netflix. It's probably produced by Shonda Rhimes because I feel like she needs to shit up. Yes. So I, I want to tell you a little bit about Charity. And I'm going to do that by comparing uh, Charity's Wikipedia history to another character, Luis Lopez Fitzgerald's character history. Okay. So just the headers. Character history for Luis. Relationship with Sheridan. Initial dislike. Engagement and Sheridan's apparent death. Sheridan's return and marriage to Antonio, second chance and Marty's maternity, search for Marty, then relationship with Fancy, development, blackmailer storyline, and complications and resolution. That's pretty standard soap opera stuff, right? Yeah. Here's Charity's character history. First moments with Miguel and beginning of visions. Evil Charity and the pendant. Hell in the closet. Trip to Warlock Island and the return of visions. Zombie Charity. Failed wedding and family drama. Deal with death and departure from Harmony. Brief return to Harmony and faux charity. She's Jean Grey. No, I, my favorite Scooby-Doo movie is Trip to Warlock Island and the Return of the Prominent Visions. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, born to face Danish and unknown man, Charity has the power to channel the forces of goodness and she was not aware of these powers for the first 15 years of her life leading to a very sheltered life. Um, so basically, yeah, Charity is bubble child until she's 15, and then she is able to go out and meet people, uh, because I guess her mom is distracted trying to track down her, uh, twin sister. Her mom's twin sister, not Charity. Charity doesn't have, oh, she probably does have siblings, but none of them are twins. Important. Exactly. <laughs> none of them are important to me. Look, we can say that she's Jean Grey here, and none of her, and none of her older siblings are important. Jean Grey, except uh, she only unleashes the full extent of her powers if they're unlocked by consummating with Miguel, because she and him are destiny. So, Jean Grey and Sailor Moon. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, Tabitha, in the early years, is constantly trying to get between Miguel and Charity, because, yeah, she made a deal with the boys downstairs, now, I don't know what the details of this deal are, but in my version, the deal is that she made the deal in order to bring Timmy to life. Yeah. Because Timmy basically acts as her morality chain, eventually basically bringing Tabitha over to the side of good. And then, as I said, he comes down from heaven in the final few episodes and is like, Tabitha, Tabitha, become a Christian again. And she's like, okay. And then she does. <laughs> Okay. We're, we don't we don't need that. Tabitha is going to be a witch throughout the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Charity is not a witch, I guess. Charity is, yeah, she's a magical girl, basically. Yeah. Tabitha tries repeatedly to destroy Charity. Uh, she wants to try to drag, uh, drag her through her sink. Aha, uh -huh, that's interesting. At one point, Tabitha disguised herself as a dog and went after Charity's mother, Faith. Uh, there was a scuffle which created a fire and Faith died, but Charity was saved by her lover, Miguel. And this incident caused Tabitha to lose her powers to the dark side since she had failed to destroy Charity. Uh, then Charity moved in with Grace and her family and came to blows with her cousin Kay Bennett. Because Kay was also in love with Miguel. Um, on Halloween, Tabitha... Wait, did Tabitha conjure demons? Um, yeah, Tabitha conjured some demons on Halloween and tried to destroy Grace and Charity. Uh, but then Father Lonigan came and threw holy water destroying the demons. And then when Charity arrived at Tabitha's house, she tried to kill her with a fire poker, but failed. Uh, then she tried burning her at the stake when Charity was doing a school play about witches, but was saved by the angel girl and Miguel. Oh yeah, there's a little angel girl that I have not been able to dig up any information on other than that it's a little angel girl, and this is different from Diana the Guardian Angel. <laughs> okay. At some point, Tabitha melted because Timmy switched the poisoned hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I bought wine this week. <laughs> uh, at one point, Tabitha gave um, Charity a statue of a bird that gave her psychic visions, and then Kay used the bird statue to get uh, Charity committed. Um, then Tabitha tried to use that to get Charity drugs so that she'd kill Miguel, because if she killed Miguel, then she would fall to the forces of darkness. But then Timmy was able to get in there and tell her not to kill Miguel. 
While scheme after scheme failed for Tabitha, the dark forces in her basement became angry at her for Illyars. Charity, while sleepwalking, approached the dark forces. They also tried to kill Charity, but failed. Harmony High Prom was coming up, and Tabitha needed to find a way for Charity to become evil. Tabitha found a movie called Carrie and knew what to do. She told Timmy to take the movie and hide under Kay's bed. Tabitha knew if Kay watched the movie, she'd know what to do. <laughs> Kay got an idea from the movie and decided to, on prom night to spill fish guts from on her. Okay. And so... Then on prom night, Tabitha gave Charity a, an evil pendant, and then Kay spilled fish guts on Charity, triggering her powers and making Charity evil. We can do something more dramatic than that. It's called pig's blood. <laughs> yeah, she cooked a quiche with poison mushrooms, but Grace gave the wrong mushroom to Miguel, resulting in Tabitha eating the poison mushroom, but she survived. Evil Charity told Timmy and Tabitha to remove all the brakes of Miguel's bike and make the bike loose so Miguel would die, but the plan failed since Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald took the bike and she almost died instead. Evil Charity put stakes and tried to kill Miguel by trapping him in the shed, but Miguel escaped and Evil Charity failed. Miguel was planning their high school trip and decided to take everyone to the woods! Yay! Don't go into the woods. Uh, the wall in the woods, Charity tried to burn Tabitha at the stake. Tabitha then made Charity wear the pendant and told Evil Charity to go near the mining shaft and try and push Miguel into it. And she did. But she also pushed Kay inside. <laughs> now, okay. while in the mining shaft... Because they survived. Kay and Miguel find the evil witch Hecuba's cave because she was trapped in the cave by Tabitha and was her rival. <laughs> oh god. And then Kay sells her soul to Hecuba to become a demon. Because of course she does. Oh, so now we have a Madeline Pryor. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been working on a Marvel uh, fanfic, so my head is in Marvel. <laughs> you have the Marvel brainworms? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, like, the pendant gets removed and, like, pretty much everything is fine. Hecuba's scheme fails to get rid of Charity. Um, I don't know what happens to Hecuba after that because Hecuba's link on Wikipedia is dead. Ooh. So, um, Charity, Grace, and Jessica stay over at Tabitha's house while Kay stays with Miguel. Charity afterwards was trying to remember what happened and she started to. She also started to get the feeling that Kay didn't have a soul, so she prays for Kay's soul to return. And, she, and, it, and it did! <laughs> because Timmy heard the prayer. And then Kay decided to be good. Okay. Miguel was planning their high school trip and came across Warlock Island, and he's like, yeah, let's go to Warlock Island. Don't go to fucking Warlock Island! On the way there, Tabitha and Timmy have to escape an axe murderer named Nora. And, and Nora eventually becomes a recurring character, and apparently she becomes like a lesbian power couple with Edna, who's had the orangutan nurse. Oh, okay. And then Tabitha's like, wait, shit, I'm the one who trapped all the warlocks on Warlock Island. Great going there, Tabitha! And so the warlocks try and get Charity to, um, like, to release them. But she thinks it's a dream sequence. Okay. And then they demand a human sacrifice in order to release from the cave, and then they try and take Tabitha. And then they come out only to realize that there's a freaky hurricane, and so they all, all the warlocks die in a hurricane. How can we? Charity then saw a tree talking to her, telling her to use her powers to save her drowning friends. <sighs> and I thought me summarizing Roman history was wild. After they returned from the island, Charity and her aunt Grace realized they might have they, they might have magic powers. Of course you do. And so then they say a prayer and resurrect Sheridan Crane, who died in the boat explosion. Okay. Um, then it turned out some wonk happened and Kay became so angry she decided to become evil again. Um, Tabitha gives her a book of spells and, Kay, and then Kay uses it to trap Charity in a block of ice. Kay then created a zombie Charity who was in fact a succubus sent from the dark forces in Tabitha's basement. Okay. Zombie Charity works for Kay and then this is when uh, <laughs> Julian Crane teams up with Timmy so that they can go to Oz and find the demon horn. That will save Charity. Okay. Uh, Timmy dies in the fight, and this this is when like the reality ensued, and the actor Josh Ryan Evans passed away as well. Um, but yeah, then he comes back as an angel, and is like, Tabitha, don't kill everyone! And Tabitha's like, okay. After that, things are pretty mundane. Um, she Charity do, does see Death come to try and take Kay's baby, but Death tells her that if she prays, the baby will survive, since she has the powers of goodness, and so she does that. Um, and then she has to, she has to leave town, but then she comes back, but then it turns out it's an imposter. Um, <laughs> and then by the end of the show, they're like, yeah, she's a nun in the Bahamas now. Okay. Wow. So how are we going to condense that into a movie? 
No, miniseries. Miniseries, okay. What we're going to do, five episodes. Each episode is going to have a different big bad, essentially. Okay. So first episode, Tabitha rolls into the town of Harmony with Timmy in tow. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I should also say, so uh, Timmy, played by Josh Ryan Evans. Josh Ryan Evans had what is the condition called achondroplasia, which is a form of dwarfism. Basically, it meant that even though he was 17 when he started the role and 20 when he died, he always looked and sounded like a little kid. Okay. And I think it's only right that we have someone with the same condition play Timmy, mm-hmm. just to honor Josh properly. Yeah. And Tabitha's obviously uh, Catherine Hahn. Yes. This is what's getting people in the seats. Well, not the seats. On on the Netflixes. Yes. It's NBC, so I guess, actually, no, I guess this is going to be on Peacock. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tabitha and Timmy roll into Harmony, and Tabitha's like, I made a deal with the Dark Forces to bring Timmy to life, so in order to um, fulfill that deal, I have to either corrupt Charity or kill her. And so the first episode is just Tabitha going around doing a bunch of antics to try and get in the way of Charity, who's, at the time, having a pretty chill and relaxed, like, team rom-com situation for most of it. We are going to consolidate some things. Like, we're not going to worry about her, her mom and her aunt being long-lost twins. They're just there. They're family. Kay is also here. She's already the conniving cousin who's trying to steal Miguel away from Charity. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also have, like, the other family members be important because... The, so the other families are... I mentioned there's the the Lopez Fitzgeralds, which... I'm, yeah, Miguel is a part of the Lopez Fitzgerald family. And okay. then the Russells are going to come into play a little later. And then there's the Cranes. Um, yeah. in, in the show, the Cranes and the Bennets are both white. I'm changing the Bennets to be Asian American just to add some more diversity to the situation. Yes. The, the show was heralded as being pretty, I don't want to say progressive, but the, they were given some accolades by like the NLACP and the Alma mm-hmm. Awards for having like major upper middle class families that weren't white, white from the get go and important to the plot instead of yeah. just being props for the white yes. people. So, yeah, I made the Bennett's Asian. Uh, so the other major people, uh, the person is Alistair Crane. Alistair Crane is the evil patriarch of the Crane family, who is regularly manipulating and gaslighting and horribly abusing anyone he feels like. Um, if you remember, he's the one who tried to take over the world with the Pope's chalice. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the Stefano. Okay. So episode one is just Tabitha. And I was also thinking that even you could call each episode just after the big bad. So episode one is Tabitha. And yeah. she's trying to get in the way of Charity and Miguel's love life. And that's not working. Um, and then eventually she does like bring out the... I, I feel like the Dark Pendant is going to be in episode one too. Yeah. Um, because then Charity can become evil. Like the climax is Charity becoming evil. And we'll skip the dark, the evil quiche. And go straight to uh, Charity pushing people into the mine shaft at the end of episode one. Then mm-hmm. episode two can be Hecuba. Because Hecuba is released... Uh, by the Dark Forces, because Tabitha keeps on failing, and Hecuba is like, well, Tabitha, since you could never destroy them, maybe I will destroy them instead. Ha ha, I'm Hecuba. <laughs> and Hecuba makes the, like, K becomes her dark apprentice or something like that. Okay. And then, yeah, it's the, this is more like almost a teen slasher, I guess, because it's them trying to deal with uh, Hecuba and Charity, like, starting to learn her powers uh, from the, the little angel girl, I guess. Just no name. The little angel girl is never named in Passions. She's just the little angel girl. Okay. Unless unless we make her a composite character with Diana. No, we will not do that. No. Hey, Harry and Megan, do you want to guest star on our Passions miniseries? No reason. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, join my actual play. <laughs> okay, so episode three. Episode 3 is Kay. Episode 3 is when Kay fully comes into her own as a dark sorceress, uh, using the combined powers of Hecuba and the forces of Warlock Island. Okay. We'll, we'll pull a reverse witch's ghost. Yes. Where it's, it's set up to be the warlocks of Warlock Island, but then it turns out to be Kay. Yeah. Who, has, who sold her soul to the darkness in order to destroy Charity. And so now this is like Charity being like, No, Kay, you have to redeem yourself, you're my cousin! I have the power... <laughs> Moon Healing Blast! (laughs) Every episode has to have at least one weird imagine spot. Yes. Episode one is like just a high school musical number. Yeah. Episode, I don't know what's going to happen in episode two. Oh, episode two can be the trip to Oz. 
Yes. <laughs> Episode three is when Charity has a magical girl transformation sequence. Yes. <laughs> now, Episode 4 is when things get a little bit complicated, and this is like where I'm, I condense, simultaneously condense and expand things. Okay. So, in addition to all the charity stuff in the past episodes, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know what, let's say even the, every episode is an hour and a half. Just yeah. the good, a good thick, d- thick with two C's miniseries. <laughs> yes. A modern eye, Claudius. Exactly. Because <laughs> while that's happening, all the other, like, just interconnected family soap opera stuff is happening as well. And you've got Sheridan and Miguel being like, hello, we're the normal people. Um, and then Simone is like, I'm a big lesbian and I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, other stuff's happening. And we will we will actually have Vincent there. But we're I'm detaching Vincent from the Russell family. Vincent is like a, another new kid, basically. Not okay. kid, but a new player in Harmony. Because we don't have to worry about... The bullshit incense plotline. Everyone, mm-hmm. every single credit said, hey, the incense? That was dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will still have Vincent ending up in a relationship with Chad, who, fun fact, Chad was quite often, his actor was constantly trying to tell people, like, no, Chad isn't actually gay. He's just confused. Like, all of these scenes of Chad and Vincent having explicit gay sex on the daytime soap opera, they're just a smokescreen. So everyone started referring to him as not gay Chad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Vincent and Chad will be a thing. And how I'm fixing Vincent, mm-hmm. the, the Vincent situation, is that because Valerie will be there too. And for most of the show's run, people, no one knew, like not even the audience knew that Vincent and Valerie were supposed to be the same character. And it was like, oh, it's, it's a, it, they pull it off with like the latex perfection stuff. Mm-hmm. So first it will be revealed that Vincent has been secretly working for Alistair Crane, because Alistair Crane will slowly become a more and more important and imposing figure behind the scenes. He's slowly becoming the bigger bad than Tabitha. Tabitha yeah. is slowly becoming good, because she re- like she realizes that Timmy keeps putting himself in danger to help Charity, and so now yeah. she has to keep putting herself in danger to help Timmy help Charity. Yeah. Episode 4 is going to be Vincent's, or Val- Valerie, rather, Valerie's time to shine. And it's going to be revealed... That, yes, Vincent is a gay man, and Chad is also a bisexual man, we'll say. Yes. But Vincent is also a trans man. Okay. But Valerie has been here the whole time, too. And Valerie is basically doing everything on Alistair's orders. And, like, by episode four, people pick up on things like, Valerie and Vincent kind of look similar. Are they are they the same person? No, that's silly. Are they long-lost siblings? No, that's also silly. Do you know want to know what my silly soap opera bullshit twist is for Valerie? <laughs> tell me. Please tell me. No, I want you to guess. <laughs> uh, not half identical twins because that has been done to death. Uh, possession? No, Valerie is Vincent's clone. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair has a cloning machine that he used to clone Vincent so he could raise Valerie as his own evil minion. Also, the cloning machine is how Alistair is able to constantly thwart death. Okay. Because oh, so that was the other oh, thing. So he's ir- Doctor Sinister or Mister Sinister. Is <laughs> <laughs> Passion just X Men? It, it's turning into fucking X Men. <laughs> um, the thing I forgot to mention was that um, the other eerie death for Passions was when Aster Crane was first introduced, like. There was a whole arc about people trying to kill him, and it was, like, a very Rasputinian. But then mm-hmm. while those episodes were airing, the actor cast as him, like, died. So they had to recast him again. Um, but yeah, and this, uh, Mr. Sinister Crane is... <laughs> <laughs> like, we could even say that he dies every episode, but then he just shows up again and explains it. They're like, wow, Alistair Crane, he's so mysterious and strange, and he was able to thwart death again. How does he do it? And yeah, he because he keeps on cloning himself. Um... Anyways, and so it turns out Valerie is evil because she was raised by Alistair Crane to be- do his bidding. And she's also trying to destroy Charity. Because at the end of the fourth episode, we'll find out that the, the boys in the basement, well, the main boy in the basement, is in fact Alistair Crane. Because Alistair Crane is the devil. Okay, so he's Mr. Sinister and Mephisto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so the final episode of uh, Passion's Vision is... <laughs> Tabitha, like, is finally on the side of good, while, like, Kay and Hecuba 
and Valerie have all become like the minions of Alistair Crane, who has also gone and unleashed the warlocks of Warlock Island, who are basically just the mooks at this point, because yeah. uh, Charity will be going around and is like, I now have the power of goodness, and that means I can shoot lasers from my hands. Woo! Which I don't know if she did in the show, but I feel like she probably did. Yeah. If we're going to go like Jean Grey, Sailor Moon, she should have some sort of pew 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 powers. <laughs> Um, and so basically what will happen is, uh, Miguel is probably just going to run over Hecuba with a truck or something. <laughs> yes. Um, Kay will be convinced to return to the side of good by her mom, Grace. Mm-hmm. And Valerie will be convinced to abandon Alistair by Vincent because Vince is like, Valerie, you're a clone of me. We share all the same heart. We share the same heart. And that means that you're tr- you- this is not your true identity. And Valerie will be like, damn, you're right. I am also a trans man. And so then Vincent and Victor, I guess, will be like, with our powers combined, we have the power of cloning. <laughs> we, we know we can also stop evil. <laughs> with the power of being trans and clones. Yes. Because honestly, having a, having a clone and that like a quote-unquote opposite sex clone, which then turns out to be just a standard clone, which then turns out to go through the same gender journey as the original person. I think that is a lot more, like, both affirming and preposterous yes. than the original one. It keeps the spirit. Yes. <laughs> and then finally, like, Charity and Alistair will be facing each other down because Alistair has finally obtained the Pope Chalice. <laughs> Why not just call it the Holy Grail? The Vatican's been. The, 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 I guarantee, if if it had been the actual Holy Grail, Wikipedia would have said it was the Holy Grail. But no, it's an entirely different chalice that was owned by the Pope. Okay, disappointed actually. <laughs> in this version, in this version, it can be the Holy Grail. How about yeah, that? yeah, yeah? Because when you have a chalice that is deeply tied to Christianity and has a lot of myth about it and has powers, you go for the fences. You go for yeah. It's just the fucking Holy Grail. <laughs> so all the forces of good will join together to try and take down Alistair but in the process Timmy will like die and Tabitha will be like no Timmy I genuinely love you like a grandson because I'm old so not a son um, and Charity is like Tabitha you've proven yourself to be good and so I'm going to use my goodness powers to bring Timmy back to life and then she does Yay. and then Timmy's a real boy now not a doll because oh yeah did I not mention Timmy's a doll Timmy's a doll Timmy can only be seen moving by Tabitha everyone else just sees him as a doll Okay, so a bit of a Pinocchio plot. Okay. Oh no, Timmy, Timmy did become a real boy because his wish was granted by the little angel girl in January of two thousand two. Uh, this was after he saved Charity from being trapped in a big block of ice. Yeah. Oh yeah, so that's the other thing. Charity will spend most of episode three trapped in a big block of ice. But actually, no, no, we'll put we'll put Charity in the big block of ice in episode four, and then Kay can be ordering zombie Charity around. Okay. Because I think I think that came after Warlock Island. <laughs> Yeah, that was after Warlock Island. <laughs> I don't know where the talking tree comes in. I forgot about the talking tree. There's a talking... Just for one episode, the talking tree is like, Charity, you can use your magical powers to save your friend, but if you do, you'll never be able to consummate your love with Miguel. And Charity's like, okay! He needs to sound more like Treebeard. Um, Charity, I'm Treebeard. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what C.S. Lewis sounded to his students back in the day. (laughs) The Pope's chalice. (laughs) Church sinking for sodas. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So that's Passions. Um, I am shocked that the CW hasn't tried to resurrect, resurrect Passions yet, because it sounds right up their alley. Passions, also, is a li- it, it does sound a little bit like uh, New Charmed, but better? <laughs> yeah! I, I can guarantee, Scout's Honor, at no point in my Passions miniseries will Charity shoot light out of her vagina. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> Just that scene where it went... <laughs> <laughs> So that's what they mean when they say their pussy is popping. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Charm deserves so much better. <laughs> but you can listen to um, our episode where I rebooted Charm for the third time. Yes. 
But yeah, so that pretty much covers like the, the grand sweeping stuff for Passions. There, obviously, there's going to be other stuff going on in the background. Like, very much Miguel and Sheridan have almost no interaction with the more like supernatural plots. Like, Simone will probably be pulled in because her... Not her... Wait a second. Hang on, I have to think. How is Simone related to Chad and also Vincent? It's a mess. It's a whole tangled web. And I feel like I'd go, like my eyes would pop out of my head if I tried looking at a family tree. Yeah, no. I I feel wearied, you know, thinking about showing you a VC Andrews family tree. So I mean, I know that's going to look like a Gordian knot. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, so Simone will eventually be in some um she and Ray will be lesbian power couple. Um, I don't know if Bam Bam the orangutan is going to make an appearance. Maybe not a major appearance, maybe just in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe not a real orangutan either. <laughs> maybe just a person in a suit. Yeah. Doug Jones. Well, I mean, in music videos, it's pretty clear that they just CGI in the animals now, so. Yeah. But, so, that, so that was the other thing. I do want this to be very camp. I don't want it to, I want it to be more fun than good. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that this is going to get trashed by the critics, but th- we want it to be fun. We know exactly what we're doing. Yes. <laughs> this is Riverdale for moms. Yes! <laughs> this is high-tier garbage. Yes. <laughs> As Dylan is in trouble once said, this is garbage. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Absolute trash, just mwah. Can you think of any bullshit you want to add to this? I don't know if you could add in, like, some weird time travel stuff in order to figure out MacGuffin part. I don't think there's enough time. Well, we can make time because we have time travel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, oh, maybe instead of maybe instead of a clone, maybe, quote, quote, Valerie is Vincent pre-transition, but, like, taken out of time, and Vincent and Valerie, like, they, they reconverge, and they, they, beca- they fuse back into one being again. Valerie is Vincent from another dimension. Yes, parallel. Okay, so now you're bringing in the OA because there was a character on the OA who was transmasked, but they like that in another dimension they found a version of themselves that hadn't transitioned. Ooh, neat. So yeah, that that might actually make a little bit more sense, which is why I'm hesitant to say yes. <laughs> but I also like the idea of clones. Yes, clones <laughs> is good. Yes. We could we could heavily hint at the possibility of time travel before saying time travel is impossible. Obviously, it's clones. Yes, it was clones all along. The tree, the tree is just a failed clone of Alistair Crane, who became good, and so he was uh, banished to Warlock Island. There, there, we did it. Woo! Um, there was also there was a casting thing that I wanted to say for this, but I can't remember. I, wanted to, I had something specific in mind for Alistair Crane, but now I can't remember who it would be. I don't know, maybe just have John Noble. Yeah. Also, also, all of uh, um, a bunch of women in the Crane family have terrible names. Maybe not a bunch of them, but definitely Pretty Crane, and then also Fancy Crane. Tanner, Fancy is iconic. She, was na- she had to be named for the Reba McIntyre song. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're keeping Fancy. We can get we can change Pretty's name to something, you know, more sensible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at some other people. Yeah, Norma and Edna return to Harmony for Christmas holidays in 2006. They pretend to make peace with Tabitha, but secretly plot to catch Tabitha off guard. Tabitha eventually realized what was going on. The two were sent to hell. They emerged from Tabitha's basement in July 2007, announcing that the boys in the basement wanted Spike Lester to kill Miguel. The two made a truce with Tabitha and began living in her house. They left in the autumn to visit Norma's hotel, and later traveled to Las Vegas, but returned to Harmony for Christmas once more in 2007. This time, however, they were trying to kill Tabitha. They worked as Santa Claus and one of his elves on the pier. In late 2008, Norman and Edma sent word via letter to Tabitha that they were on a tour of Europe. And then they married right before the show ended. Okay. They also became famous performers at lesbian bars. Cool. Oh, uh, apparently there was, uh, after T- uh, Timmy passed, after Josh r- passed, uh, Tabitha created a new doll named Cracked Connie. Huh. Oh, no, not not Tabitha. She was created by the zombie charity. Connie turned out to be much more sinister than Timmy had been and deeply aggravated Tabitha. Then Connie created a boyfriend for herself named Cecil, and they attempted to release the witch Hecuba again. Connie and Cecil stole some of Tabitha's money and left town in 2002. Um... <laughs> This was this was done because everyone hated even the concept of cracked Connie. They were like, "This is so disrespectful to Timmy." 
Yeah, and also that's just like straight out of some Chucky sequel. Yeah. Um, also, Kay got an evil sidekick called the Demon Elf. Can it? Can that one be the elf on the shelf? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because those things are fucking sinister. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm just trying to see if there's anything, any other weird stuff that happened. Oh, here we go. The Little Angel Girl is the divine embodiment of the statue of an angel in St. Margaret Mary's Church in Harmony. The angel girl would often appear to the women in the Sandish family, warning them of danger and giving them advice. She has also been known to appear to Father Lonigan from time to time. Uh, and she's the one who changed Timmy from a doll into a real boy. Aw. Well, I guess that's most of the weird stuff. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Okay, so, Precious. You know Precious the orangutan? Yes. <laughs> Precious eventually left Harmony in 2005 to take care of her own sick aunt, Divinity. Okay. So they just accepted that there was an orangutan nurse, I guess. Yes, uh, she, because Edna was unable to care for, afford a human nurse, so instead she got an orangutan nurse, which is somehow less... <laughs> Expensive than a human. Um, the character, while identified as female, was portrayed by a male orangutan named Bam Bam. Uh, though the sh- character was portrayed as a competent caregiver with implied medical credentials, <laughs> she was intended for com- comic effect, and the use of an orangutan as a nurse drew th- intense criticism from animal rights activists, including famous scientist and ape researcher D- J- J- Jane Goodall. Good! Oh, at, at some point, Tabitha has a daughter named Endora, and then Endora summons a mermaid for out of a storybook in order to seduce Miguel away from Kay. Because, of course, she does. Oh, boy. There's a reason why I bought wine. <laughs> you, knew, you knew this was coming. You're like, oh, okay, here we go. Look, one of these days I'm going to come on to Loser Like Me, and I have to be liquored up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think... I think we've done as much as we can with Passions. I think Passions did as much as they could with Passions. Yes. <laughs> I, honestly, it sounds like it got cancelled because they ran out of weird shit to do and so they had to do normal soap opera stuff and everyone's like, hey, where's, where's, where's Warlock Island? Yeah, um, you want to know the secret to why Dark Shadows lasted as long as it did? It was a slow burner. <laughs> they they casually introduced the vampires. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, it took a while for Barnabas to finally show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it took a while for the Days of Our Lives person to get possessed by the devil. That is true. Um, I'm going to go follow down a mine shaft and unleash. You know, I don't I don't even know where the hell closet factors in, okay? Like there was the for a year long there was a closet that led to hell. And I don't even know where that factor did. But you know what? I'm gonna go to the hell closet, I'm gonna open it up, I'm gonna French get a get a friendship promo out of there, okay? Let's go. Hello, my name is Anaru, and I'm the host of Not a Scratch, the only podcast that believes Scratch is an overpowered move. Not a Scratch is a Pokemon TTRPG podcast using a system made by us. Set in the world of Pokemon and only Pokemon, it's kind of like the mystery dungeon games that you've seen or played before. And, in fact, we actually have our two characters with us now. Ralph, any words of wisdom for our audience? Like my mom always says, if at first you don't succeed, kick it harder! Okay... Kyle, uh, what's the next thing you want to do on your adventure? Why can't we draw? (sighs) I suppose you can on the train. Well, if you want to know what they're up to, because they aren't telling. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, I'm back. From hell. <laughs> Just insert demonic screaming somewhere. <laughs> it's it's like in Scrooge when he opens up the Christmas yet to come and all the Muppets are just <laughs> It's like in the first Ghostbusters movie when they open up the fridge for the first time and there's Zool. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I actually cover my eyes during that scene. I cover my eyes during a lot of scenes of Ghostbusters, actually. Yeah, it was actually fairly scary. Yeah. Yeah. I had nightmares the night after. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? Um, I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Right? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> those are the letters for Not If I Beat You First. And that's pronounced... Miguel was so happy when I told him that I would make him a special quiche. Do you think I should have told him that I was going to make it out of hand-picked poison mushrooms? Uh, you can also email us at notifireboutyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite weird shit that was thrown into a daytime soap opera. That's where you could send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, please send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. If you'd like to support us directly, we have a Patreon and patreon.com slash first. However, don't do that because there's more important stuff going on out in the world right now. Um, the attacks on Asian Americans and Asians in general, the whole diaspora is getting really bad. And so if you can donate to grassroots charities that are helping protect them and help decriminalize sex work, because that was another big factor in the shooting that happened. Um, but stuff like Swan in Vancouver and Butterfly in... No. Yes, yeah, Swan in Vancouver and Butterfly in Toronto and Red Canary Song is a much more international thing. Mm. And just, you know, keep an eye out for your Asian friends and make sure they're doing okay as well. Um, on top of that, there's also a lot of trans-exclusionary legislator being passed in a whole bunch of places. So if you see the opportunity to call a representative and get that shut down, do that as well. Mm. That being said, we do have some people who are able to donate to us, and so we do want to give a big thank you to Theo, Rem, Julia, Christina, Cassidy, and Charlie. Thank you all. And if you want to support us without doing it to the Patreon, then you can do that by leaving a rating and review for us on your podcast of choice. If you can't find us on your podcast of choice, I don't know how you're listening to us, but let me know and I'll try and get us in there. Not if I reboot you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at cornerpodnet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com, and our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake. You can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. Yay! Yay. So, Tanner. Lindsay! Got... Yes. I understand that we have guests for next week. We have guests for, like, the next month. Woo! Uh, yeah, so next week, we have some guests coming on, and they are... Currently hiding inside a cardboard box. Snake? Ah, <laughs> uh, but we're gonna uncover that next week. Not if we reboot you first. Bye!